And welcome to Sonic Talk number, oh, let me think, it must be uh, 339, I think, if I remember correctly. I've got all my mice tangled up. Where am I looking? That's what I need to see. Uh, Pleasant, very pleased to have everybody aboard. Um, We have indeed... uh, a returner of the wandering kind who we haven't seen for a long time. So uh, we'll, we'll, I think we'll go to you first. Mr. Richard Hilton of Disco Band Chic. Looking very well. All this touring seems to be suiting you well. I think you've probably played to several million people in the, since we last saw you. Because you you've been, not only been on tour, you've been on sort of primetime TV in the UK. Did the uh, X Factor and um, Dancing, Strictly Come Dancing. Is that right? Don't recall Strictly Come Dancing, but it's possible. Um, X Factor <laughs> for sure, and the Glastonbury show played to a lot of people. Ah, um, well, we've, we've seen you before since Glastonbury, but uh, how, yeah. how's it been? It's been pretty whirlwind. You, you have the nice way to tail end the summer and come into winter, I guess. It's been great. Um, incredible audiences. There's just an amazing appetite for this music right now, and it crosses seemingly all demographic boundaries. I've been uh, watching uh, Niall on on uh, Twitter. Very good person to follow on Twitter, actually. He's very sort of straightforward and um, hey, look, sort of this is cool stuff that's happening to me. He's a good he's a good social media person to follow. And I'm guessing uh, sounds like you've been having a lot of fun. I, I think was he inaugurated into the um, APRS Producers Guild as well, um, Hall of Fame. I think that happened quite recently too. I've heard that he was, but I. Didn't know it was coming, and I'm not sure I even know what it is. But <laughs> congratulations, Nile. Great job, man. So you deserve I, every bit of it. But I will come back to you, because I want to quiz you about these uh, playing on these kind of live mega um, uh, national TV uh, happenings. So I'm going to go to Mark Tinley, who's also a guest on the show, too, um, before we get into it. So there we have Mark Tinley, likebeing.com, a creative thinker, sound artist, and uh, sort of that, the, the light's you know suiting you. Do you know what I've done since I last spoke to you? What have you done, Mark? I thought, why on earth have I got likebeing.com? I mean, it's a cool URL and it's good for one of the things that I do. But if I'm going to be Mark Tinley and Gaz Williams is going to have gazwilliams.me. You did, did you? I should have marktinley.co.uk, so you'll have to change it. No, no problem at all. <laughs> In fact, Happens. I think likebeing.com might just lead to marktinley.co.uk, thinking about it, so... Ah, well, you can leave a sort of uh, a sort of paper trail. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I've been deleting. I seem to have hundreds of websites with most bizarre names as well because I have these ideas and think, "Oh, that's a good idea. I must do that." And then I half do it and never finish it. And uh, so I'm sort of trying to drop websites that don't do anything off and make more useful ones. I saw and I sold some music because of that. Nice. I spent royalties on this. What is that? Is that a a, a, a like the finger like protector? That. Yeah, that looks like no, maybe it's not a, the finger it's designed for. This cost one pound twenty nine p, right? And it came all the way from China, and it's an organic glass guitar slide. Now, what wow. makes it organic? I don't know. Is all glass organic, or do you think this is like a sales pitch? <laughs> I think glass is made of silicon and sand, isn't it? As far as I'm aware, which are, so I, I guess, organic, organic materials. Yeah. 
<laughs> I think you oh, did that whole thing just in with the you know the this whole kind of let's recycle everything and look after the planet and everything and organic glass slide must be a marketing ploy surely really. <laughs> I have no, but that, yeah, but maybe it's made from uh, Singtao uh, uh, bottles, re- oh, which is possibly. my favourite Chinese beer. If you've never it's tried it, it's, well, it's a it delicious. Works. It works as well as one from the local guitar shop for £15, so I'm very happy man, I am. How much was the shipping? And that included the shipping, Nick. £1.29, uh, £1. I, I can't remember. Included international shipping to my door. Wow, and, that's But if impressive. I wanted to send a postcard to my mum, it would cost me 60 pence. So I don't, I don't know how that works, but... It, it was it deli- maybe it was delivered by one of those extremely rare cranes that they're fond of drawing in. Oh, what's what's that? That's another. That's another. I think we should call that could be called the bird box, Rich. <laughs> well, I believe we've just been flipped off. Actually, it's all one grand excuse to give us the finger. <laughs> well, I'm very happy for you, Mark. That sounds like you've had a marvelous bargain. Um, over here, uh, what's happened in this end? Uh, well, I've reviewed. Uh, I'm waiting to hear back whether I've covered the, all the all the points I think should be covered. Uh, this is I've oh. reviewed the launch control from Novation, which I think is really good. Cool, and, and also. The uh, launch key mini from Novation, which is also good. I mean, not a great keyboard, but nice and functional. Are we uh, doing show and tell? Because I've got some. Oh, go on then. Go on. Yes. Alrighty, please do. Well, let's see. First of all, in pursuit of the ability to record some high quality things on very rare occasions on the road, I got one of these, Ooh. which um, nice. is really, really lightweight, which is, was like job one for me, is the thing had to sound great and be light. And this appears to fit the bill. What is it? One, one channel, two channels? Yeah, it's two channels. A mic. Uh, I guess you can take a stereo thing, but it's basically intended for an instrument and a mic. Right. Uh, secondly, on the subject of light devices, here is the RME Maddie Face USB, which purports to take 128 channels <laughs> over USB via Maddie. Wow. Uh, tried 64 in and 64 really? out, up to 192K, they claim. Uh, they claim. I don't Over know. USB? Yes. Is it a USB 3? has to be USB It's not. 3. It's USB 2. Wow. Really? So what are you going to that... use that for, Rich? Well, we've been searching for a way, in certain cases, to be able to quickly and easily record live performances. Right. And quite often... The consoles will provide a MADI interface, and for some of the ones that we use that don't, we've gotten cards. And so the idea would be to try to capture uh, multi-track live recordings. Wow. Okay, and then... There's more! As if that weren't enough, my birthday present arrived today. Woohoo! Oh, Rich, you will be delighted with that. You're going to have to buy yourself some modular equipment to make the most of it, though. Well, you might even have to break out my MS-20, which is sitting around the corner there. MS-20 won't work because it's the wrong uh, voltage. It'll work for modulation, <laughs> but it won't work okay. for uh, a CV gate unless uh, you convert. So you might have to they actually used to get do one. a Roland to Korg converter many years ago, didn't they? I think it's one volt per octave on the Korg going in completely the opposite direction to the Roland, if I remember rightly. Uh, yeah, I, d- I can't remember. I did see... Um, on Gate the l- is hot on instead of hot off or something. 
Yeah, I don't remember which is which, but uh, there, it does need to. Uh, you've got Volt per octave and Hertz volts, I think. And uh, I forget now. Rich, I uh, have you have you plugged it in yet, Rich? Have you actually had a play, or is it literally no, arrived? Still in the box. It just arrived before the wow, show. Wow, that 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 is dedication to the show. I know what I'd do if I was you, but I'm glad you haven't, because <laughs> otherwise it'd be a mark, me, and Mark only. I do have a synth like right next to me that I play, and I'm it's going to be replaced by the. What's the one yeah, you got right be, next to you? What is it? It's just a muse box, which I I, I was shall we say, given. And, right, okay. uh, so I've just been playing around with that just because it's here and it's there and it, I have this tiny little Akai keyboard on top of it and all that's going to go when that thing comes out of the box. I'll tell you what, I'm very, uh, I'm, I'm really pleased to see that you have got one because obviously with the original Microbrute, uh, with the uh, Mini Brute, it was a nightmare to get, you know, and there just weren't enough of them. And the fact that you've got one means that they've got the, you know, they've cranked up the machinery and they're going to pump them out because they are going to sell those by the pallet load I, i'm almost sure, sure of I, ordered, it. I ordered it yesterday wow and it's here today so that's great it must be stock yeah it was mm. in stock nice and the shop's about an hour from here so it wasn't any big deal no i i'm 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 pleased for you and jealous because mine had to go back and i really want one because <laughs> uh it, it you know it's it's a great sounding synthesizer but i really anyway, want one so you really <laughs> want one too and you've got one this is the opposite end of the delivery spectrum to this glass slide because I ordered this about six weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> and it came via sea from China, I think. It was delivered by, it by slug. Yeah. It sat on the floor of the robot. <laughs> so, Rich, I wanted to ask you, so you, you've just done X Factor. These, major, these are major live te- television events. I, I mean, at least I think X Factor is live because they do. You played on the Saturday special, was it? The Saturday night or the Sunday night? Do you recall? I think it's the Saturday I believe night. it was Guy Fawkes Day, whatever that means, because there were fireworks going on at Wembley right outside the TV studio. I think that must have been Sunday then. So mm-hmm. tell, tell us. I'm just really interested as the process. You know, I you arrive. What, what, what's the kind of sequence of events from doing something like that? The sequence of events begins weeks before. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the rider. When I get an email saying they want us to work to track. Right, and, okay. Um, what you heard that night for deep down chic aficionados are brand new rough mixes of classic material that I did. Which ah, meet, okay. uh certain vocal elements that allowed our girls to fit in better over them. Right. And so actually everything that played that night by us was a combination of what was happening on stage and what was in these mixes. Right, okay. I, so suspect, me, it, I suspect they wouldn't possibly risk a full live band of that size performing on it a... It seems on a, that they don't. And they have this amazing drum kit that you hit it and it makes practically no noise. It sounds like you've just like tapped on the side of a cardboard box. It's ah. pretty... Re- and cymbals as well. It's really remarkable that they've got this so well... Um, uh, coordinated in that regard and uh certain elements you were hearing were being played live and certain elements were represented in the uh mixes that we had to create a i believe it was a three minute 30 second presentation that consisted of three songs right and it turned out to be 332 but uh that was as close as i could get and that was even creating some very odd kind of sections in order to connect them 
But um, it was great fun for me, and it always is, to put up those tracks and get to listen to them and work on them. Because, frankly, you just push faders up, and it sounds like the right, pan the things the right way, and it sounds like the record. Mm, fantastic. Yeah. It's unbelievably well recorded and well arranged that uh, it sort of mixes itself on some level. So, you're, in terms of what happened on the night, uh, okay. So you you, you play you you. you that wasn't what you were asking me. I know, but that's where no, it's no. Been. That's really no. That is really that is still very interesting. So, in terms of what happens on the night, you show up. You you've got the playback, and then what they do they they do a couple of passes in rehearsal, and then you do your live thing, and presumably they cut it together between what they've got and sync it all up. Is that is that how it works, or is it your? I'm not your, percent your, sure, but I think it goes out live. Right. So you had rehearsals, but. Um, I believe what went out went out live. You know, Good. probably with a six or seven second delay like TV does, but, you know, as live as things get in that medium. It's, uh, and how, was that, did you, I mean, I don't know how many people watch that. I think there must be, you know, in the high millions. I don't know whether it's uh, over 10, <laughs> but it's a lot of millions of people. So I, I, in some ways, I imagine it was quite a relief not to actually have to play that live because it would have been a bit of extra pressure, right? Well, in the preceding 12 days, I believe we had played 10 gigs. Right, so you'd have been in right on it. Different places. Wow. wow. All in different places. So Now, admittedly, there are places that were close together in Ireland for the right. most part. Sounds uh, like you had a blast there. Actually, pardon me? It sounds like you had a blast there, actually. Oh, it was. It was great. And... Uh, it's such there's such a f- unbelievably familial relationship between us and the Irish people these days, and the English people and the Japanese people. It's like people love this music right now, and we try to play it well, and they seem to appreciate that. Absolutely, it's hard to really put it any more simply than that. And to for me to look out and feel all that and share in their happiness is a blessing beyond description. Excellent. Sounds awesome. I'm it really, is. but I, 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 and the, I guess the other questions are: Do you get to kind of hang out with the, the the rest of the judges and all that kind of thing, or is it very much a kind of you know you're in the talent, you're in and you're out, and you're on your own schedule? You'd have a hard time figuring out whether they were any less interested in me than I was in them. <laughs> That's very nicely put there. Thank you. <laughs> So they they smile and wave when you finished and say platitudes and then uh, that's it you're off the stage and out I the back door. I didn't mean any of them, but I understand one of them was Gary Barlow, who we opened for in Hyde Park about a year or two ago. Uh-huh. So, uh, but and I saw Sharon Osbourne up there, but I don't know who these people are, and I've never seen the show. No, well, you haven't missed a lot. I can I can, although. Um, I think this week was the first week because my family watches it. My daughter's into it. She's 10. You know, it's basically TV designs for her. We have a, a family tradition whereby we divide up all the acts at the beginning in a hat. You pick them up. And then um, whoever gets chucked out uh, on the Sunday, uh, you, we have a forfeit, which is generally running down to the bottom of the street next to the next lamppost with a pair of underpants on your head and coming back again. <laughs> So this week was my first week, I'd like to say. I've been very successful, but I, I knew it was coming. Is there a video? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure you if there is. Video. I, I'm not sure if there is of me. Um, there's probably a photo somewhere, but I, I chose uh, I chose the man-type garments. I didn't go with anything frilly, but there were actually quite a lot of passers-by <laughs> this week, and my daughter was kindly shouting, look, Dad, there's, you know, there's Dad, what are you doing? And, uh, it, yeah, but the, the, worst part about, the worst part about this week, it's quite dark in our street, and I ran down, and there was a young lady walking up, 
and I literally got about <laughs> 10, 10 feet past her and then thought, what do I do? Because she looks a bit uncomfortable. I didn't know whether to run back past her because I thought that might freak her out a bit, thinking I was running <laughs> after her. So I just sort of held back and kind of walked up the street until um, until we got into view of uh, my, my daughter, who was laughing. And then I think she felt more at, at ease. But it was, I just didn't know what to do with myself. And I had with, with a pair of pants on my head. Anyway, that, that's... <laughs> that's probably more information than you need to know but that's my x factor story which is absolutely oh, no x factor story at all but i i think i've better than mine. i think i <laughs> i think i've actually got the uh the favorite i've got somebody called sam bailey who's the prison officer who's got a superb voice i even i say so myself uh not that i'm very fond of the show but uh, i have to have an interest because um you know because I'll, otherwise I'll be down the road with a pair of pants on my head, and I've got to do it with conviction. <laughs> uh, let's see if we've got a topic. Uh, I think we do have a topic. I'm going to start with this one, Mark, because you popped this one up. This one looked kind of cool. Looks like somewhere in uh, West London, possibly. This is a chap uh, singing when a Bronski beats uh, Runaway Hideaway. I don't know what it's called, actually. Small Town Boy? I can't remember the name of the track. Turn away, turn away, run away, turn away, run away. But what's good about this is, uh, well, you'll see in a second. Run away, turn away, <laughs> run away. Oh, wait. Uh, one, two, three, run away, turn away, run away, turn away, run away. Run away, turn away, run away. Isn't that a beautiful moment? And that is actually, uh, I, what's his name? I'm sorry, I'm terribly. Jim. Jimmy Somerville. Jimmy Somerville, that's right. Jimmy Somerville, who was there. You passed that one in, Mark. And uh, um, it, it's just such a great idea, isn't it? I mean, one thing that struck me, I mean, Jimmy Somerville, we're talking that that hit was, you know, what, 20, 25 years ago? And he must yeah. be, I'd say, probably over 50. And yeah. he's got still got a really pretty impressive falsetto voice. Um, but yes, Especially over to you, Mark. Speak, I mean, at the end of that video, he speaks <laughs> to the guy and he's... All it's right, son. Deep, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and that, and then I've, I, I, I think it's brought out the Aspie in me because I've been like scrolling through that video and going, "What are those shops in the background? And what signs are there? And where did this happen? And the guy sounds American, but it looks like it happened somewhere in Europe because there's Euro signs and blah 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 blah. But I'd, amazing. I mean, can you imagine? You go out busking, you're standing there, strumming away on your guitar, singing a song that obviously you've picked and you like, and then the original singer comes and stands next to you and does a duet with you. Amazing. I really think that should. Cool. Be, I, I think that this should become a pastime because um, when I was uh, uh, courting uh, in my courting days, uh, we used to go to festivals uh, and you know out, out and a lot. And there was this um, habit called this a pastime called blending where you'd have a bag with like a few hats in and maybe a different jacket and you'd go and you'd find somebody that you think you could look a bit like and you go and stand as close as you could and try and look as much like them as you possibly could and your <laughs> mate would take a picture and that's uh it's a sort of similar and i think this should start you know i think this should be happening i think there's something i think maybe maybe if uh, niall gets the opportunity he should maybe head to uh just hand up the busker and just start just start strumming away that'd be pretty cool it, there's oh, probably a whole tv series in it don't you think well, it's cool in any case. And yeah, there have been moments like that. We we did a tour earlier this year with other musicians, one of whom wanted desperately to learn how to play a particular thing, and I gave him a bit of a guitar lesson. Nice. Um, and it's happened odd times in public places, not usually with him around, 
where, like one time we were in the back galley of a 747, back when you could actually stand in the back galley of a 747, and uh, there were the singers around, and people started singing, and all of a sudden a ukulele showed up, and I found myself in this galley playing La Freak on a ukulele and people singing along. <laughs> That's nice. Excellent. So there have been moments like that, but this video is unbelievably charming. And mind you, I'm not familiar with anything about it, the song, the artists, or anything. No, it's but a, I, UK, I got, a UK pop electro kind of thing, yeah. I got what happened completely, and it's just such a I, – I, my heart was so in it. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's a great – and it's had – Mark, it's, what was it, some ridiculous amount of well, When views, I sent like, it to it, it had about two million hits, but now it's at about three and a half million hits in, in a week or so, hasn't it? So it's – yeah clearly very popular it but must have been it must idea, have been you share, it, sharing it, it on your twitter feed mark that must have been it i wish <laughs> i think it's the whole idea of wow that could you know so this could happen to anyone it's that oh that could happen to me kind of feeling isn't it yeah but i really like, like the way he sort of goes oh wow and then sort of starts again and go one two three four yeah, yeah no, and then it, and then is it you is it you oh my god it is and then he just kind of like seems to sort of fall apart hmm no, great stuff. Nice little charming way to start. Right, let's uh, let's move on to another one. We got, now, this came in, and I just... Uh, I had to play it, because it is just awesome. Под каким девизом мы работаем? Не знаю. Поверните, пожалуйста. Пусть будет, как будет. Как-нибудь, да будет. Никогда так не было, чтобы никак не было. Once upon a time, in Russia, a revolution happened. Lenin proposed a simple formula. Communism is power of Soviet plus electrification of the whole country. The ghost of communism fell into oblivion. Perhaps it left this planet forever. Right, that's enough, but this is uh, the, a trailer for uh, a film called, I don't know if I pronounce this, Electro Moskva, which uh, is a Russian film about the history of Russian electronic music and creation. And it just, there, there's a whole bunch of really good uh, clips um, uh, that are not all available, which is why I haven't been able to fit. But I couldn't figure out where the hell you could get to watch it. Uh, but it's by, uh, now I'm going to have real trouble um, pronouncing this, Elena Tick Honover and Dominic Spritzendorfer. Um, and it seems to have had some really good uh, reviews and I'm hoping there's going to be an English dub language. But it's going to be one of those things where we'll find out that there was a, a huge amount of state funding to build all these incredible synthesizers or something. I just can't wait to see the story. So uh, uh, the, the, the chat room are, are, are dying for links. So I'm going to just put one in the uh, put the link in the chat room. If I then bring this up, then you'll be able to see it. It's electromoskva.com. And uh, there is actually, yeah, it, it, it looks fantastic. I just can't wait. 
um, because, as we know, Russian synthesizers are very, uh, very rare and very sort of misunderstood because basically it's all Cyrillic, so you just don't really know how they work. And uh, I just like the look of this. This just looks awesome. But I, I wish I could knew where to watch it. Sorry, Mark, go ahead. I was going to say, it's Vermona Russian. I can't remember. No, Eastern, Eastern German, I think. But, I mean, all their, all their controls work back to front. Like, their cut-off frequency works the other way around. So, it's, so not only are the things labelled up weird, but when you try to do the things you expect to do with them when you know what they are, they do the complete opposite. Oh, really? That's I... not to say you can't get some good sounds out of them. Um, I, I think... and. Those big old transistors, you know, like they're just big diodes, kind of shorting electricity out, basically, aren't they? So uh, <laughs> I run think, on, yeah, run on three phase, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like paper, paper capacitors, and all that sort of stuff. If you open up any of those, Eastern, I've got an, an Octava microphone from like 1960 something, and if I open it up and look inside it, it just looks like, well, as you'd expect, but it's it's sort of a step backwards, but then. You know, I, I could go off on a huge tangent, but I won't. I'll let Rich speak first, and then I might <laughs> go off on a tangent. Russian synths, Rich. Gotta love them. Have you ever had a chance to play with one of those? Uh, that I, I'm the Polyvox, any of those things? I, uh, Will from Golfrap's got a Polyvox, and it really is a, a wonderful thing. Although it does feel like it's like plastic, almost feels like if you touch it too much, it'll melt. No, I haven't uh, spent any time with Russian synthesizers. I think they, um, the thing about them is they, they've got a very unique character. The, the uh, Polyvox has, has got a very angry and uh, interesting filter. And I'm guessing it, it's sort of a lot of the stuff was built in a, um, in a vacuum in a lot of ways because at the, t- at the time that stuff was being um, designed and what have you, it was almost, there was very little, um, certainly very little trade or information coming to and fro between, I guess, deepest Russia and, and the West. So some... Uh, I'm sure there must be some brilliant stuff in there, uh, but it just it, it looks like such a fantastic documentary. And it start, there's a there's a clip on the website um, which if I go here, I don't know if I play it, but it starts off with him in uh, this guy who looks a lot like uh, Swageman, uh, who's in fact Polish, negotiating the purchase of uh, some synth that's in like a car boot sale in a, in deepest Russia, 300. Yeah, okay, I'll take rubles. I don't know what that transpires at. But yeah, I want to go to that market and buy stuff like that. Wow, that's just that that there kind of says everything to me. Whatever. Uh, I'm not trying to make this stop now. How do I make it stop? <laughs> I'll have to close the window. There. But the problem is, I don't know where. We're going to see, I think what they're trying to do is get it out um, to, to a network, so they get a licensing deal or something, so you can't actually watch it, which I just, I, I, I'm feeling really, in this immediate gratification age of internet and what have you, I, I can't watch it, and I'm feeling incredibly short, uh, short change, so I don't know quite what's going to happen, but I, I, I hope that it will be on general release somewhere. I'm not exactly sure if anybody... I don't know if anyone in the chat room's heard of it, but it's been around for a little while, but it's only just come... I saw it on Ken Macbeth's... Um, uh, Facebook page, and I just thought I've got to check this out. So, yeah, one for Christmas. Imagine if they put that on Boxing Day; that'd be great. You know, Dad, can we watch? Can we watch The Wizard of Oz? No, I'm watching Moscow Electronica. <laughs> da. Da. Yes, please. Anyway. I do know. So I do know a couple of Russian people who might be able to translate any of the stuff 
that you've read about it for you. If you I think that there is. I think that there is actually um, uh, some translation on the on the trailers and what have you. But uh, I mean, I don't know if there's a dub or subtitles or something. But I, I just, yeah, I, I really want. I want it. Um, I want to watch it, sort of now. Anyway, <laughs> what's next? Uh, oh yeah, this was interesting. This is Da Vinci's theoretical instrument, and I found an, uh, another uh, um, uh, clip of this. This was on Synthopia originally, and the, 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 where they filmed the entire recital. Uh, and this is uh, a, a chat. I'm not going to be able to pronounce his voice, uh, his name. It's Slawomir Zubrzycki. This is the violin organista, which is an instrument originally designed by Lino da Vinci uh, 500 years ago, one of his sort of paper sketches, like he did the helicopter and lots of other things as well, and, and hot air balloons as well. It's like a keyboard elements of harpsichord. It looks like a hurdy-gurdy, so that there's a horsehair. There's a shot in here about how it works, actually. I think it's coming up shortly. Um, um, and this is the, the shot of the drawing. So that's he, from that, he figured it out. So I now understand how this is going to work. And then I think, if we look, I think the next shot shows us the uh, the wheels. There we go. So the wheel, that's got horsehair on it, and then it just brings the, the strings into play with the keys. Awesome. The, the 500-year-old is... I don't know if you got the chance to listen to um, um, perhaps any of the, the longer-form recital stuff, certainly the one that was on um, on Symptopia. Rich, does this sort of thing have any interest to you? I mean, you know, you're classically trained, I guess, or at least, um, uh, well, uh, you're a pianist. It sounded pretty amazing, though, didn't it? I mean, certainly nicer than a hurdy-gurdy. I hate the sound of those. Oh, I quite liked it, and uh, it actually reminded me a little bit of that thing we saw last year, the wheel harp. Yeah, but that sounded just not so good, <laughs> perhaps. But yes. Yeah, oh, okay. Idea. Well, I didn't. I didn't. I haven't heard either of them in the flesh. But this thing sounded great and looked like uh, a very cool thing DIY project that he took on. And uh, there's a history of other attempts to use bowed type technologies for the strings of a keyboard instrument, and uh, this thing probably falls in line with those as it's not exactly the drawing that I just saw that Da Vinci did, but it's based on the concepts presented first by Da Vinci. I liked it. I, I really thought it sounded very expressive and the guy played it well and uh, I listened to quite a bit of it. It was fun. It's a great idea, isn't it, to take something that's, you know, like 500-year-old Da Vinci thing and just kind of realize it. And obviously he, the guy who played it sounded like he was a fairly serious concert musician anyway. Um, and and it was kind of, you know, he had a serious or orchestra, uh, not orchestra, audience there, and you know, obviously fairly big coverage, certainly in Poland. Mark, um, fancy one of those in your front room? I'm curious about the tuning of it. If, uh, if Da Vinci would have come up with his own yeah, method of tuning it, as in, like, because Pythagoras invented equal temperament, didn't he? But so many people sort of make that right or wrong and then different keys need different scales and all that sort of stuff. So I'm curious to know what the, the musical scale it uses is and how he thought that out because, he, I mean, he sort of invented and came up with so many sort of brilliant mechanical things that mm. I, I know I that's not the main part of it, but it's something that I want to know. <laughs> I, it looked from the drawing that it was more the delivery, because presumably um, 500 years ago, well, that would have been uh, about 1600, when did the equal temperament scale come into being? It wasn't until a bit later, was it? 
like 1700s? I believe 1700s, uh, yeah. Yeah, so Da Vinci presumably wouldn't have uh, considered that part of it. Perhaps his, no, his thing would have been the delivery of it, perhaps more than the uh, the tuning. So and when yes, the guys built it, do you think the guys built it true to, like, Da Vinci's idea of how it would have sounded? Because the tuning of it is going to make a massive difference to the way it sounds, depending on what key you're playing in. Because equal temperament just kind of splats everything out across all notes and then all keys work. But I think, as we've discussed before, if you're you've got something tuned to a particular musical key and then you play in a different musical key, it just sounds horrible in other keys. Yeah, so it can I'm do, can it? Sort of um, you're, you, you are test, you're testing the limits of my research on the subject, <laughs> which is practically no, It's just a question that came to mind. So. <laughs> but, yeah, no, that's an interesting point. I know an inter- definitely an interesting point worth bringing up. Uh, I don't know whether or not the, uh, the viola organista is uh, likely to... Um, uh, you know, be going to sort of uh, larger manufacture, but uh, what I really like is it, it's got elements of that. Um, you know, like the the home organ, the kind of uh, uh, I can't remember what it's called. It's got a little crank stuck where the keys are depressed. The turning wheels press against the strings, and you sousaphone? get the. Uh, I've forgotten what it's called now. Is it a sousaphone? No, I think um, they used to have them in. Oh, they were like a parlor organ. Used to have them in. Um, uh, in, in American uh, homes in the 1800s, well, I guess. That's air, that's air bellows being controlled yeah, from yeah. pedals. But what this thing is doing is actually mechanically moving the the articulating mechanism, which is the the, uh, the sort of bow, yeah. as the string is being pressed against it. And presumably the faster that you pedaled, the more amplitude you would get. Yeah, yeah, well, it, lo- it looked like from that shot where it was just keeping it very even so that there was just a continuous thing. But I, I don't know whether or not if you apply the string with more force, whether that gives it more attack or more. It must, must affect the tone. So I did notice a couple of times he was sort of doing this with his fingers, and which may uh, have introduced some level of vibrato or something, certainly in the longer recital. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he obviously made it in a way that made it uh, applicable and able to play you know, from standard keyboard music, but it did. Some of it sounded beautiful, like string quartet kind of stuff, didn't it? It was really, really. Well, nice I wonder get... if, if holding the strings in those positions against the rotating drum uh, causes more force to be applied to the string more regularly and will cause it to go out of tune more quickly than, say, right. a piano, which is struck momentarily by a hammer. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, I imagine those details, uh, you know, maybe he's the only person in the world who can play it with the right force that means it hasn't gone out of tune by the end of the piece. I don't know. That would be unfortunate, wouldn't it? Um, but uh, you, know, you would probably deal with that. There were, I did notice in the longer form, which is this one on the Synthtopia um, uh, page, uh, well, this is like a ten and a half minute recital. And there were a few notes which were just a tiny bit out. So obviously it requires a bit of setting up. Uh, Echo Sonic says in the chat room, the faster you uh, pedal, the greater number of cats are attached to the strings. Yes, I like that. Nice, uh, nice thought there. Uh, as ever, the chat room is there for you to uh, join in in our live stream, sonicstate.com forward slash live. Uh, please do. Um, we very much uh, enjoy that extra participation. Very much so. Um, okay, well, let's pass over that one. And... Um, let me see. Ah, well, uh, oh, Cubase Gesture Control. Wow, check this out. Mm-hmm. 
There's a gesture missing there, I think, isn't there? <laughs> you can really use Cubase like a conductor, you know, using your own hands to just control it like, like with a stick. started with the most common features for the user. Like, you can play, you can stop, you can rewind, you can forward, you can zoom into the project. I see air. Sounds like something from, uh, what's that? I see dead people. That's the leap of motion. We decided we wanted to be the first to release this kind of product. And now we are really excited to get the user's feedback. There we go. That's the news that the uh, Cubase have added gestural control. It's like a control panel that works with, uh, if I get this right, there's, uh, I've got the details in the news item that we posted. Uh, it works. Uh, it implements a, a version of Stein... Uh, no, it's a, it's a control panel with Cubase 7 and Cubase Artist 7, which gives visual feedback to your hand gestures. I think you saw perhaps some of that in the, uh, the background there. You can see there's the five fingers in a sort of gecko-like display. Um, and you can access pre-configured gestural commands, and I'm guessing you can write your own. And you can also tie it in with the uh, the AI knob, which is when you hold your mouse over a certain knob and then um, turn a knob. It, it controls that, and it just—I mean—it sounds very interesting. I mean, it does seem a little bit like. I think I opened that particular article with the, you know, we didn't know we needed gesture control until uh, we saw Minority Report. So I'm wondering whether or not this would have a place. I mean, maybe in combination with, with other aspects. I, I have actually got a Leap Motion here, which I'm, I'm, I'm hoping um, tomorrow or the next day to uh, review uh, Geert Bevin's Gecko MIDI controller using it. Um, and that's, so I'm looking very much forward to that. But I just wonder your thoughts on this, Rich. I mean, you're, you're one of the guys, you know, you, you sit in front of the computer all the time. Are you... Are you looking for something else? I know we've talked about the, 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 the large touchscreen. Is perhaps something like this a bit more of an interesting concept? Maybe combined with Tai Chi. It's an interesting concept. And as the guy who never foresaw the experts at playing drums on buttons, I would have to say that it's got tremendous possibilities that I personally don't envision that people will show me and that will blow me away. Um, for my part, I want to make jokes like, what happens if I sneeze? But, um, you know, it's, it's, I'm sure somebody is going to turn this thing into high art or some version of it. I've never been, the spatial aspect is always subservient to the music with me. So if I'm moving at all when I'm playing, it's because I'm feeling something about the way I'm playing or what I'm trying to play. And to envision it in some other context or as controlling some other thing is almost hard for me just because of the many years I've got invested in playing that way. Right. But I'm quite sure, as I said before, somebody is going to find high art in expressing themselves through this kind of motion-based translation. And uh, I look forward to seeing it. But yeah, it's probably I mean, not coming from here. <laughs> the, the thing that I immediately thought of was the Jean-Michel Jarre kind of air harp concept, you know, where you've got grand gesture. And if you kind of blow a bit of smoke on a light and make it look, you know, like you're doing stuff <laughs> and it actually ends up doing doing stuff. Because for a long time, I don't know if you remember, when, when uh, the JMJ air harp was on YouTube's sort of specialist videos, was almost entirely made up of people who made their own DIY air harp, laser harps, isn't it? Not air harps. 
So, I mean, I'm guessing this could be the realisation of something. I mean, it's funny, isn't it, how they make all of these kind of videos now are sort of emotional, emotive music, kind of Kickstarter, changing life for the better type uh, um, moods to them, when in fact, you know, we're talking about... It's it's a it's a very strange thing. I don't know. What do you think, Mark? You're going to be there. I like it. Okay. I'll I'll go into more detail. Um, I I the reason I like it is because it's a small device that's clipped on the top of a laptop. I find that I try to control music with so many different kinds of things. And they always involve me having to set something up and find somewhere to put it. So, for example, I've been playing with Ableton and I bought a MIDI foot controller and I set the whole thing up so that I can punch Ableton in and out of record and I can stand in front of my computer, play the guitar, which takes two hands, and then use my feet to set up all of my tracks, skip between tracks, set up new scenes, record, and blah, 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 right? Um, And then I never plug it in. So I was making music the other day. I got the computer out. I got the guitar out. I started having ideas. At that point, I'm not going to stop and dig around for an Ethernet cable and a MIDI cable and all the other stuff I need to plug that thing in and set it up. But if this thing is with the computer and becomes part of the way that I use computers, then it would become part of the way that I write music as well. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the Leap Motion, uh, I've got one here, um, is tiny. You know, you just exactly. put it somewhere. And you can imagine this being built into the bevel of your, um, you know, uh, of your where your webcam is. I mean, it's not too much. I, I'm guessing there's some kind of infrared sensor and device here on the top. I can't tell. Cause, oops. Uh, well, I just dropped it, but I'm sure it'll be fine. Uh, but, but, yeah, it's, it's a question of whether, whether... If you need your hands to do it, then your hands are already going to be doing something else, right? But if you can use some if you can use your head or gestures otherwise, then maybe there's other interesting ways. And I can see that perhaps, perhaps in ways where if you're working with a mouse uh, on a macro level and then you need to you know, just do something like this to swap desktops or those kind of things, I think these are the ways that are going yeah. to be introduced where we're, we think, oh yeah, that could work. And then as with all of these things, because it's such a paradigm shift, there's actually going to be, you know, it's going to be incrementally incremental and there'll be times when we think yeah that would be really cool for me to have and what is it it's like 60 bucks for a leap motion and i just need the driver yeah i'll do that because you know so i can see that working i mean with the with the guitar the guitar is such an awkward instrument to play that you've got the thing round your neck like this and then and then the guitar neck sticking out if i want to do anything on the laptop i'm more than likely going to smack the laptop with the guitar neck or drop the guitar or get it tangled up or whatever and if i've got something i can just wave at even though I'm doing two things with my hands, I, it's, you know, it becomes awkward when I stop to do things like cut regions so I can loop them so I can play the next part or whatever. So if, if I can do that, if I can go, you know, I just need to cut this here and it understands all that sort of stuff, then, yeah, it would be very cool indeed. Mm. Yeah, I, I think you're right, actually, Rich, about, you know, not necessarily seeing the immediate benefits from it, but, you know, perhaps... You just need to be shown, don't you? Something that would be kind of cool, right? I just saw one hilarious one in the chat room where uh, a, a fellow called Fancy Man says, when you smile, it autosaves. <laughs> yeah, That's a great idea. Let's have a look. When you smile, it autosaves. Yeah, nice. That's pretty great. 
<laughs> I wonder what resolution the gestures are capable to see. Well, if you look, at, if you saw the, the video, and with the leap motion, you can get it to recognise points of your hand, so you could be doing these kind of gestures, or this kind of gesture, because you, when you're up, you've got say, maybe two points of reference, like this one and this one. And so I think so. I, I think the issue is with a lot of these things, it's like the theremin, isn't it? You know, people have to be very specific to get the accuracy. And if we're talking about controlling pitch and, and those sort of things, actually playing instruments or uh, um, re... Um, uh, what am I trying to say? Repeatable gestures that have an accuracy to them, then it's going to take you know, a while to learn something. You're going to have to have some kind of term of reference so you, can, you know that when you're your fingers here level with your eye you've got you know an inch or something to get whatever it is that you need to do so it's just it's going to require the learning of a language of gestural control in the same way that we have with touch control i just wonder whether or not this is an incrementation too far too soon i don't know for somebody like cubase to kind of get in i'm guessing must be a fairly simple you know leap motion there must be sort of fairly standard libraries they've just pulled in and, and a little editor that's easy to put in to, to actually implement right i uh, <laughs> no. Yes. I, th I, don't know. I think I'm. I think you learn things more quickly than you imagine because I, whenever I buy a new computer, and I sit down in front of a new computer like a new laptop, and it's got key layout ever so slightly different to the last one. For the first few hours that I'm typing on it, I'm all over the place, and none yeah. of the, anything I type makes sense, and I need to look. Same with the mouse. It feels like almost like, oh, God, I can't get anything to work on the screen. And then, like, a couple of days later, you don't even notice that it's changed. And then when you go back to using the old one... Yeah, it's alien. Yeah. It, no, it still feels, like, sort of usable. That's the weird thing. We learn how to use these things, and then we learn how to use other things. And it's as easy to switch back, but it's like a, an ongoing learning process. Hmm. So I think if it came out and it had some things that we could do and then as we sort of progress with it it gets more and more complex i think people could get on board it with it quite quickly i think they've been quite smart by introducing it as a free downloadable component so you know here you go guys if you've got a leap motion or one of those uh, depth percep perceiving cameras go crazy and do stuff you know and that's what's oh. gonna uh, and I, I don't know whether or not it's possible to write macros and share those gestures so that they could become they could become a commonality to that language because that's the sort of thing that has to happen, isn't it? You know, it's like this means get. You know, do you know what I mean? There, there are going to be gestures which somebody actually rather kindly put in the uh, in the um, in the comments Sign for the story. Language. Yeah, well, the comments for the story is that uh, they missed one. It's like this should be stop, <laughs> 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 which would this work. One. You could, yeah. yes. The, this is milk, isn't it? Uh, well, no, and there's, there's this one as well, isn't there? Which is that's sign language, but we know what that is. That's uh, BS, I think. But uh, anyway, I, 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 <laughs> as my daughter is very fond of uh, of showing me, uh, she was taught that by a a, a, a young deaf kid. Um, yeah. Anyway, you can get it now. Um, go to it and uh, do your best. Uh, I might try. It. Well, I haven't got a Cubase actually, but I've got Leap Motion. So, I'm, like I say, I'm going to try some of that action. Um, right, well, it's time ten to four. We've got a couple more things to do. Uh, let's try uh, oh, video number five. I think we might have covered this before, but it's had an update, and I don't think I remember seeing this demo. This is Synaptic uh, Pitch Map, which is it's kind of like a real time repitching of audio, uh, which kind of blows me 
away a little bit. I, I don't remember if we've seen this, but I know we've seen some of Synaptic stuff because they did the unfilter and they've done the uh, the things for sort of changing the reverb. They, they were the first to get the um, take the reverb out and add reverb, and it really kind of was one of those magical moments. So this is the video. Um, this is this is actually from last year, but here we go. It's a Melodyne-like process by the looks of things, so it identifies the pitches in the audio polyphonically, and then you can play in real time the MIDI keyboard and change the tomba, the, 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 the pitch of the stuff in real time. There's all sorts of other things you can do with it as well. Um, it's kind of mind-blowing, this, isn't it? I mean, imagine you could actually have... A back, you could have backing vocalists and stuff kind of reworking their own things, almost like in the same way that you can already with the uh, TC Electronic stuff, but, um, the Helicon. But to re... I mean, it's not the most perfect. It's not pitch perfect. And if you move it too much, it does sound a bit strange. But it could be an interesting thing. I don't know, Rich, do you think um, something like this for those uh, track day, uh, track date kind of playback where you can just kind of go, hey, let's just take it up a semitone for the kick it out for the chorus out let's go or change the arrangement in real time if you had somebody trusted sitting there with the keyboard who would actually do that do you think that maybe has a performance aspect i mean i think it needs a whole bunch of uh, processor grunt to do but well it's a pretty art it's a pretty artifact rich environment at the moment but uh it portends good things I think you can change uh, by. I, I had a quick look, and you can change the sort of the attack and the transient, and the, you know, so that you can change things a little bit differently, um, and you can run multiple instances to it. And it, there was some. There was some, the musical examples are perhaps not the most contemporary and sort of thrilling, but the concept is there. I mean, you could. Can you not do the same sort of thing in Melodyne DNA, where you play the keyboard in and you repitch stuff? You can try. And sometimes it'll work out better than others. I think that what is really interesting to me is that this company, Synaptic, has developed some very interesting ways of analyzing audio and creating a result that one previously would have said is impossible. And so to the extent that it all seems somewhat magical, I give them huge kudos. And in, in the case of exactly how this one sounded to me in the demos, like I said, it's a bit of an artifact-rich artifact environment, and I hope uh, for better things in the future, but it is very exciting. Yeah, I mean, it does say, if you we'll go to the website, you know, you can download it. Uh, pitch map, let me see if I grab it here. Uh, you, can, you can try it, so that you have to sort of email them, and they'll send you a code, I think. Uh, but it does say that it is massively, uh, if we go to the try, there is actually a, a thing in here which says, by the way, don't forget, it uses a lot of CPU, so uh, please do bear that in mind. I think you know perhaps the expectation may be higher because we, we're used to seeing this magical stuff. But I imagine running this something on like maybe one of the new Mac Pros when it's got you know oodles and gigaflops and what have you of, of processing, we might be able to see a bit more kind of performance out of it. I know, Mark, you kind of like the idea of it. I do like the idea of it. I mean, it's turning the reality of sound into sort of sound plasticine and playing around with. Well, it's playing around with our perception of things in, like, really weird ways, isn't it? And it's sort of, it means that we can, like, really dig into things that we haven't been able to do. Like Rich says, we're doing stuff which was previously impossible. Suddenly now it's becoming possible. So although it's using tons and tons of CPU, it's, it's 
sort of it's a step in the direction where everyone else who's trying to do stuff like this is going to go in competition and try and create tools that can do similar things and then I don't know in a few years time we'll be able to completely change everything about something from from the two track master and then yeah, go that... back and rework stuff and pull elements out and I, I I want to get to a day where somebody goes oh you know that Beatles song you know I've just got the you know I've got the multi track because I put it through this plug in and it demuxed it somehow or, or demixed it or I mean, you know, we're getting we're getting we're not there far away, that. are we? No, the rock no. band guys got very close to that with the Beatles material, in particular the mono early recordings. And I spent a while grilling them on how they did it. Yeah, but they they got very close. Hmm. I mean, the and thing about multi tracks, you you can hear their multi track derivations. They're they're out there somewhere. It's kind of bizarre, isn't it? That that you can do that. I mean, the, the other problem with this particular demo is that it is artifact rich but they're pouring something that's going to have a lot of artifacts because of the way that it's processing stuff into more artifact rich format so they're like putting it as a video on youtube or whatever right. and then so mp3 or mp4 audio encoding ends up with loads of artifacts so if you've got some artifacts in there and you end up with loads more artifacts you just Kind of, you know, you might get better results working with, with really clean material and and then not encoding it to MP3, I suppose. So it, yeah, needs, it might be interesting to hear um, like a, a clean strummed guitar and playing yeah. that. That might, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, very interesting. I, I I think we may have covered this before at the time because I see it must have been it probably was around at Mesa time last year. I don't think I got to see that because I think the unveil was the one that uh, is that what it was called, Rich? I think that's what it was called. Yeah. Yes, and there's an, um, uh, 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 you know they they are you know on a par with the kind of the, remember that sort of a, a amazing magic moment when we first saw Melodyne DNA in operation and everybody just went wait, wait a minute what just happened there they're doing stuff on a par with all of that which is really interesting so I'm sure they're they're definitely a company to watch and, and in terms of what they could do there's going to be a lot more stuff coming along definitely. I mean, the way, the way it works is it breaks the audio down into narrow filter bands. So, like, when we were playing around with Alchemy on the Atari ST, if we could break the audio down into, like, 128 bands, that was, like, miraculous. It was like, oh, my God, look, I can get this sound and create this FFT landscape of it, and I can break it down into all these component parts. But now we're talking, like, 4,096 in real time. So it's breaking it down into finer and finer and finer and finer details. So there will come a time when we can break it down into thousands of component parts and then tweak each of those little tiny parts with faders and, and isolate things and work out which things should be with other things and then yeah. sort of put it all back together. So I, I mean, it's, you know... As suppose, we get more and more computing power, we're going to get closer to that. And I suppose the thing about this is it's it's feasible to do this with FFT transmission and all sorts of other things that we could do. But the idea that it can be done, all of that fancy stuff, the tweaking and the tinkering can be kept and we just have a knob which is less, more, you know. Yeah, That's yeah, kind yeah. of what we want, isn't it? <laughs> I want one That's what those. people yeah. want, Absolutely. isn't it, you know, ultimately. So. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it's nice. To, and I, there is quite a lot of t level of tinker that you can do with this in terms of the way that the enveloping and the transients uh, seem to work. So, uh, like I say, get yeah, hold of I the mean, demo. I, yeah. I want somebody to work all that stuff out for me and to work out what's the, the best possible setting without me having to tinker too much with it. 
Mm. I mean, give me some options so I can vary it just to see. But I'm sure that, you know, with some of those things, the default settings often the best one, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, uh, do check it out, zynaptic.com. That's Z-Y-N-A-P-T-I-Q in a sort of strangely spelt way, but uh, do check it out. Uh, We've got two topics left. I think we might have time for uh, one of them. Um, We have the uh, €379.808, or we've got the uh, £80 tiny Linux PC. Anybody have a preference as to which one of those we do, if any? Two, number two, right, okay, that comes from Rich, so I'm going to press play now. Now, this is uh, Cloudstow uh, MK, um, uh, what's it called? Oh dear, I'll have to go to my. um... There we go. It's the Cloudstow quad core Linux PC, right, so it's, and this is like 80 quid, and this is the uh, LMMS music environment that runs on the flavour of Linux it runs. It runs a version of Ubuntu. It's a quad-core 1.6 gigahertz machine, 2 gigs of RAM, uh, 3 USB ports, built-in Wi-Fi, 1080p output. Uh, it's got... Well, I mean, there's just a lot. I think it's got a, you, you, an SD card for storage. I mean, this is all very basic stuff, but bearing in mind this is running on an £80 computer. Uh, I don't think we'll play in its entirety because it's uh, not a very interesting video but if I come back to the actual um, screen it is astonishing uh, what they've been let me see I think I've actually got the link if I click the link we can see that what you pay for this this is uh, the size of it there it is it looks rather like a kind of um, a MiFi kind of dongle 8 gigabyte flash storage uh, quad call it I mean this is pretty amazing stuff because um, I use uh, the Raspberry Pi uh, over there on the large monitor, uh, it runs generally runs the um, real time Google Analytics, which is brilliant. But that keeps crashing because it just can't deal with the level of processing it requires. So one of these, which is about that's about twenty five quid, but you have to buy a case uh, and a power supply, so it's probably about thirty five forty quid. This is about double the price, but it seems to be an extremely more uh, capable processor. Rich, I'm guessing you're excited about this just purely because it's small, right? What would you use it's, it for? Well, you could use it for almost anything, assuming that all you had to bring now is a keyboard and a controller, like a mouse or a trackpad or whatever your controller of choice is. And you could arrive to your hotel room with nothing in it but a computer monitor, and you stick this thing into an HDMI port, and, that's your comp- and your life is in the cloud, and that's your whole rig. It I guess portends, so. It portends flash drive-sized computers. Yeah. But I suppose, aren't we already there with a phone? I mean, if you had an HDMI out on your phone and a Bluetooth keyboard, wouldn't you be in the same boat? Yeah, kind of, I guess. But being able to stream... Da- it's just uh, being able to use existing monitor systems. Like, I've just gotten a Google Chromecast downstairs uh, to play around with it. It was cheap and it's fun. And right now it only supports two things that I've been been able to reliably make work with it, which are YouTube and uh, Netflix. But um, and there are certain other things you can, with some degree of pain, get streaming to the thing. But it's really not that well supported yet. But for thirty five bucks, it really interested me. And what I see this thing as as a further extension of that, where you're hanging an actual entire computer off the back of your video monitor, and that's pretty yeah. cool. 
Well, it's presumably there are things like this in some of modern TVs anyway, because they don't take all that much space up. But, I mean, it could, you know... I, I don't see... This thing's got some pretty impressive specs, and it runs its own operating system and acts like a computer. Yeah. Um, you know, it has built-in Wi-Fi. It's just, I think that, again, the, all the uses for this thing have not been dreamed up yet, but the idea that your flash drive... Next generation flash drive is going to be the entire computer and not just the, you know, the RAM is uh, or the storage is pretty amazing. Oh, well, that's interesting. Omnipulse in the chat room says uh, that there is uh, a version built into a keyboard, I think, in the chat room. And that sounds like so you basically just have a keyboard with an HDMI outport and a power cable and it's all built in. That, that sounds like an interesting idea. I mean, I'm guessing this comes back to this notion of these kind of single purpose devices. So if you devise, I think it would run something like pure data, which is one of the things that's, um, that, that is a, and enables you to uh, create interesting synthesis engines and what have you that work on the Raspberry Pi. This is an ARM chip structure. So if, if people can design something cool that you just put on a SD card plug in and it becomes a you know whatever it is a Hartman neuron or a you know D110 or do you know what I mean all these emulations then this then I think you know this is where again we're going to get to the point where the hardware becomes the utility and the software you just plug it in and you get the functionality and that might be where it becomes very interesting but I, I I'm I'm very keen to try one of these out and at least I expect it would drive my uh, monitor more efficiently than the Raspberry Pi it does at the moment and it also has a card slot in it which allows yeah. you to do offline storage, which is cool. And um, well, it's got three USB slots, so you can stick a drive off the back of it anyway. Yeah. Right, and it's you know it comes in a consumer friendly package. As much as I love the idea of Raspberry Pi, and it's a gorgeous and wonderful thing. Yeah, it's a circuit board with a bunch of stuff hanging off of it. Yeah, and it's not what you would call a consumer friendly packaging, and that is a, a feature and an attractive aspect to a lot of its current user base. But in terms of mass market products uh, this you can rack really you, you can rack mount raspberry pies yeah yeah but who what nobody your normal yeah, it just require a rack want to do that. put two of them in a rack yes it's <laughs> yeah. not quite powerful enough to do much um uh, uh ed in the chat room ed in the chat room says that uh you know what's wrong with the what's what's wrong with a keyboard with the design of a laptop it's a self-contained monitor with a mouse and a keyboard well it's and, down to three pounds and i love my three pound laptop but it is three pounds. It's not a flash drive. And in yeah. certain kinds of circumstances, it might be more desirable to travel with a flash drive and a Bluetooth keyboard or something. I don't know. Well, but I, I get the point. Sorry, how about if your laptop was a screen and a keyboard and your computing device plugged into the side of your laptop like this USB thing? And when your computing device went out of date, you just took the USB thing and swapped it out for another one. Or... It had a slot where it could just slot into the side of the, you know, if we had more generic hardware in terms of laptops where we had like a screen and a keyboard and a slot where you actually plug the computer into the laptop. Because you don't want to update your screen and your keyboard all the time. That's the bit that, that evolves the most slowly. I mean, the biggest evolution we've had in that's perhaps like HD screens, but they've been a long, long, long time coming. The rest mm. of the computer evolves really, really fast. So if you could separate those two bits, which is kind of what this is doing, yeah, then that's I an think interesting it's idea. It's a useful thing. Well, assuming it gets to the point where it is actually more than just you know a quad core arm, it needs to be something a bit more kind of uh, juicy. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. 
I suppose, for that to work. My laptop's on it. Uh, it's a quad-core, but it's a quad-core i5, so I suppose that's a bit fast, isn't it? i7, i-something. Like with Chromebooks, though, it's plenty for what most people want to do most of the time. Mm. Well, yeah, unless Which, I want to run Logic 9, and then it falls over. Well, then you're not most people at that point. No, I suppose so. Yeah. But, I mean, this... It, there's there's a thread, isn't there? Because we've got these little uh, modular. Every, there's lots of kind of modular electronics becoming, uh, you know, kickst- all these Kickstarter campaigns. The the little bits. The um, I've forgotten the, the 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 pocket modules. I can't remember what they were called. We we covered them. There's last a mobile week. phone as well, isn't there? They've brought out a new format for mobile phone, which is like a a Lego block thing, and then you can just click all the different modules that you want to use onto it. And they're trying to persuade Nokia and Philips and Samsung all the major manufacturers to go with this new format for mobile phones. So you have like a core and then you stick all the different stuff on. So if you're, I don't know, 80 years old and you're only interested in phoning your daughter once in a while, you have a mobile phone with huge great big buttons and you just add that module. And if you're like, Mm. use texting all the time, you add that module. If you take lots of photographs then you put a huge lens on it or whatever. I mean, good good luck with that because, I mean, that's going to, you know, that takes the differentiation of the brands out of it, which is what makes all of these companies tick, really. So, I mean, that's the problem, isn't it? What's necessarily yeah. best and what's good for just evolution of technology is not, is not the same thing that's good for business. Right, exactly. Um, anyway, that sounds like a fun thing. Anyway, if anyone's wondering, yes, I do. I'd love to have one for Christmas. That's very kind of you to offer or even think it without, <laughs> without saying it. I'm speaking to a wider world here, but... <laughs> but, so... Um, well, that sounds like we're probably at a good point to adjourn for the week. Um, once again, I want to thank everybody uh, very much for um, their arrival. Um, great to the chat room. Thank you very much in the chat room. Patch blocks it. We've got a good... Oh, that was you, Rich. Uh, we've got a bunch, of, a bunch of people in the chat room, including our panellists, I'd like to say. So, um, yes, thank you very much. Uh, and, of course, if you want to come and see us anytime uh, on a Wednesday, 4pm UK time, uh, sonicstate.com forward slash live is the place to do it. Uh, incidentally, if you're interested in what's happening on Sonic, uh, we did uh, put um, a Sonic Touch out today, which was was the uh, talking about the iConnect MIDI 2 Plus, uh, which is a very interesting device that works with your iOS device. And I've also got um, there was something else I was going to publish as well. Oh, yes, I've got these uh, Novation Launch Key Mini and uh, Launch Control review is going to be coming out soon as well. So once again, thank everybody for joining us. We'll go and say uh, to Rich, thank you. It's great to have you back. You're looking well and uh, and well-traveled. Uh, is that it for a little while now, or are you still off? Oh, hell no. Ah. <laughs> oh, no. No, no, we're, still, we're going around the world one more time between now and the end of the year. Wow. How exciting. Uh, and I leave in a week, so I don't think I'll be on next week at least. And then it's... China, India, Malaysia, Australia, and then, no kidding, from Australia we go to Amsterdam, and then Brussels, and then home on the 20th of December. Wow. So you'll be uh, enjoying a good rest. You'll be the guy on the couch after dinner, just kind of having a little nap, right? Like uh, like all good uh, patriarchal figures. How are, your, um, how are your knees holding out through all this? Are they better now? Thank you. Um... Are they better? When I'm maintaining a decent level of glucosamine in my system, my left knee doesn't bother me. 
Ah, right. My right knee is fine. Um, my walking is okay. I have some back problems. But uh, we're getting through it. Excellent. We stand up for every show. Excellent. Excellent. Glad to hear it. That, um, Thank you. When's your birthday, Rich? That's another question. <laughs> ah, well, hold on. This is all going live. You've got to be discreet with your questions. Well, no, Martin. I know, but we should all celebrate, <laughs> Rich. That's it, true. I think it's, it's either... Is it the 21st, your birthday? No, it's the 8th of November. It's just... It's past. gone. Happy birthday, oh, Rich. Oh, Thank my you. God, my friend is on the... I tw- know, oh, yeah, my friend Morgan's on the 21st. <laughs> When Here we go, point? folks. It's live diary kind of oh, conjuring. Too late. I've missed sending him a card. Oh, right. Okay. Well, anyway, um, thank oh, you very oh. much, Rich. I, I sincerely hope you enjoy your time. And obviously, whenever we can get you, we're more than happy for you to be on the show. Um, your voice is always welcome. So thank you very much That's for joining us. Fine. Thank you. I love it. And also, Mark Tinley there, who's uh, still lit by a lovely daylight lamp, which is giving him that... Uh, Oh. You see this here? If you go to this likebeing.com website, yeah, and you click on a link there to the logicofattraction.com, or it might be logicofattraction.com, and then you click on another link that says get the audio book. If you follow that little pattern, you'll hear much more of Rich Hilton. This one down the bottom there. Uh, uh, Power audio. POV yeah, audio. Click, click on the orange one with the hand and the book. That one. That one. Right at the bottom left. Oh, no, that was the wrong one. Oh, damn. Yes, gotcha. Okay. That one. Okay, so that's that one. And then that when one. you click on get the audio book or audio book, what book does that here. Audio book yes. here. The logic of that's attraction. That's where you'll hear much more of Rich Hilton. Ah, there we go. This is introduction by the author. Well, thank you very much, Mark. I uh, hope you maybe we'll get you to the bestseller charts for Christmas. Thank you very much for joining us. Wonderful. If I sold one. <laughs> <laughs> That's I know a, that feeling, man. It's only just gone up there, so I'm, I'm sure it'll sell a lot. So I, I appreciate everything, that anything, and all of them, and everyone. Right. Well, thank you very much. Uh, that was Sonic Talk number 339 of all things. So uh, next week, uh, we'll be back. Have Until then, uh, have fun, and thank you very much for joining us. And I'm going to play... I'm not. I'm just going to fade to black. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs>